Hey there, and welcome to Marriage Talks, a real, authentic, and relatable podcast about how to thrive in your marriage. Here you'll find helpful information shaped by a biblical worldview on topics like sex, money, parenting, and so much more. We are Michael and Elizabeth, and welcome to the show. Welcome to today's show. I am nervous about today's episode. (laughs) Keeping it personal today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for a perfectionist like me, this is like my least favorite thing to talk about. (laughs) Which usually makes for some good episodes. Yes. For the listeners. Yes. We're going to be sharing, uh, talking about sharing your insecurities, which is very scary, but extremely necessary. Yeah. Who really likes to to air their... (laughs) mistakes and I don't know I don't know even if you're not a perfectionist like like type a perfectionist driven if you're like the total opposite of that it's still scary to share like here's here's where I'm not perfect (laughs) yeah for all of our million listeners (laughs) that actually brings us to our next point if you uh if you've been enjoying the show please rate and review on the iTunes store or your favorite podcast player. It helps us to be found. Yes, please. On the uh, on the podcast apps. So it helps us out a ton. And if you enjoy the episode, share it with a friend, share it with your spouse if they're listening or not. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just kind of help us out. Yeah. I love and it. I know that I guess there's more platforms you can leave reviews on now. I thought it was just the podcast app, like Apple's podcast app. Yeah. The podcast but, realm is really changing a lot over the past two years. Yeah. So we are very, if you have left one and you're like, why haven't they read my review yet? Let us know because I obviously don't know where the other places you can find them. Uh, the other like ratings and reviews, um, particularly the reviews so we can read it. If you have left us one and we have not read it yet, just uh, hit us up on Instagram or our email. Um, our Instagram is marriage talks podcast. And then our email is marriage talks podcast at gmail.com. Just let us know like, Hey, I left you a review. Can you check it out? It's on this platform. That yeah. way we can read it. Cause we want to read it. Um, but we are very likely to miss it. So with three little ones and literally about to pop very soon, I'm very likely to miss it. <laughs> yeah. You can't see it. If, if you're watching the YouTube video, you can't see it on the frame, but we got a little belly poking out <laughs> down here. <laughs> Most of my t-shirts don't cover my belly anymore. That's where we're at. <laughs> yep. We're at that stage. We are there. But another place we are as well is on Patreon. Oh, you like that segue? Nice job. <laughs> We've been doing this a while now. Yes. Yeah, for pros. Um, Patreon is just a, a great platform that you can have um, more intimate access with us. And um, it would be, if you joined, you would also be supporting the Ministry of Marriage Talks, which really means a lot to us. So we would love for you to consider it. And the link is in the show notes. All right, let's get into the nitty gritty. Yeah, I knew you were going <laughs> to say that. The nitty gritty. <laughs> you longtime listeners know we do that just about every time. Yes. Yes. So we're going to talk about the kind of characteristics of sharing your insecurities, Mm. the who, what, where, when, and why, or at least some of those. So first we're going to hit why you should share your insecurities. Let's start us off, babe. Yeah. So as I was prepping for this, just thinking like, well, what's like, nobody wants to share their insecurities. So like, why, why is the real reason we should? And I had heard this quote, and I don't remember it verbatim, but basically you're never going to be fully seen unless you show fully who you are. 
And so for your spouse to be able to care for you and to love for you and do that well, we have to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, if I am trying to hide these insecurities that I have from Michael, he can't, he can't keep me accountable. He can't love me well through me trying to work through those insecurities. Um, you know, it's, he, I can't, it's like, I'm preventing him from actually doing what he wants to do and what he's called to do. And so I cannot be fully seen by him if I am withholding information from him. Um, something that I think I've shared on the podcast before, but, um, if you know, from my old blogging days, you know, that I've written an article about it is that I, um, in high school and in college and you never really fully heal from it, but, um, cause it's an ongoing struggle, but an eating disorder. And so I have a lot of like image insecurities and that manifests itself in just about everything in our marriage, particularly intimacy. And it, uh, like he knew about it, but we didn't really dive into it like truly talk about it until years into our marriage. I feel like, yeah, it was just something in the past and then kind of got a little bit more into it later. Yeah. And of course, you know, you don't want to share that deep thing with a like brand new person. You know, you want to kind of get to know that it'll be received well. And hopefully with your spouse, if you were to share something that's been on your heart or some insecurity that they would, be in the right headspace to be able to receive that mm -hmm. and not use it as a tool against you or make you feel any shame. I'd say that's the number one thing. Like you just you cannot do that. Yeah. If your spouse comes to you with a, a insecurity or something they've been struggling with, shame is the absolute enemy here. It's like, yeah, if you want that to be the only time they ever share an insecurity with you, that that'll be your reaction. Yeah. Cause they won't do it again. Yeah. Yeah, it should it should be met with a lot of grace and love. And we get into talking about that um, towards the end. But, you know, for me in particular, having the the image insecurities, it was just like I didn't feel attractive. So when Michael would pursue me intimately, I'd be standoffish and not want to explore or deepen that area in our marriage. And that took a long time. A very long time and a lot of tears and a lot of talking and a lot of praying to work through that. And I still have to work through that. Um, being fully pregnant four times, it does a lot <laughs> on your psyche. And um, it's just something that I have to continue to be in the word about and to to have confidence in that this is this is the Lord's plan for me. But, um, you know, it's it's not an easy thing to do. It's not an easy thing to share, but it really brings intimacy on so many different levels. Um, the only way to achieve intimacy is to be honest with each other. You can't have it. One night stands. There's no intimacy there. It's just not. You, you have to have like openness and honesty and transparency for there to be true intimacy and richness in your marriage. It's, it's not going to happen overnight. Um, sharing those insecurities is a work in progress. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like any close relationship. It takes a lot of work. Mm. It takes 
two sides. You both got to be kind of going towards the same thing. Uh, but yeah, if you if you're pursuing that, if you guys are willing to kind of get on that level, there's a richness there for sure. It makes your marriage a lot stronger. It really does. Yeah. Because then you're both partnering together to work through that insecurity as opposed to being the only one trying to work through it and saying, I can do it all by myself. And that's just, that is a lie straight from the devil. You cannot handle it by yourself. You can't handle a deep rooted sin by yourself. There's a whole purpose of Christ dying on the cross is because that you cannot do it. And so just don't, I just want to encourage you, don't believe the lie that your insecurity will fail away, will like fade away if you just kind of like shove it under the rug. Cause that is a tendency of certain personality types, especially if you are like anti-conflict and you do not want to do that. Do not shove it in the corner, push it under the rug, bring it to light because then it also, it doesn't hold as much power over you. Because it feels like the more you hold on to it, the more the insecurity stays inside, the the stronger and heavier it becomes, the bigger the burden is. Oh, yeah. All right. So let's move on to when you should share your insecurities. The biggest thing is just off now, like sooner rather than later is the yeah. way to go. The longer you wait, the bigger your insecurity feels. Yeah. It's the same with like secret sin. It's the same with a lie. Uh, it's, it's always better to kind of... Nip it in the bud, I guess yeah. would be a good word to say. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like if you have a, if you have a garden, whether it's, you know, a vegetable garden or just like a garden bed around your house, it's always better to tackle weeds a little bit each Saturday than it is to do it once a year, backbreaking work. And it's like 20 feet in the air. Oh, yeah. Rent a backhoe from <laughs> yeah. Home Depot. Yeah. You don't want to do that. So just the constant pruning, the, oh, this has popped up and I'm, I'm really insecure about this. Um, and plus it's also easier to talk about it because the longer you wait, the bigger it feels, the more weight and control it has on your life. The harder it is to admit, you know, that there's an insecurity fill in the blank, whatever it is. We all have the, uh, we all have an insecurity. And so it's just a matter of naming it and telling your spouse, this is something that I struggle with. And, and whether you think you've got it under control or not, it is affecting your marriage in some form or fashion. It's affecting it because it affects you and you are a part of your marriage. There's just no way for it to possibly be separate from your marriage. It, it'll get in there eventually. And so tackling it before it causes a division, um, really spirals out of control and causes other issues. It's just better sooner rather than later to talk about it. Yeah. And one of the things about this is that it is so hard to finally bring yourself to the point where you can talk about that. Um, and I would encourage you guys to just, if you're having trouble, you know, you should share something or, you know, you need help with something, you got to pray about it first. Um, just mm. that the Lord would humble you and that you would kind of have that confidence, that, that, uh, courage to bring your insecurity out into the open. Um, and maybe you've shared it before and it kind of fell on deaf ears or something like that. And if that's the case, you had courage once. Um, you know, you, you, I'd pray for that again and, or the softening of your spouse. 
uh, to kind of be able to receive it better. Yeah. Because that's a tricky thing. You can't control how anyone receives what you're saying. Yeah. But I'd say that's that's one thing you can do preemptively is just kind of be in the word, be in prayer about that. Just, you know, that it would be received well and that you'd be able to tackle something together. Yeah. And pride can really cause division in um in sharing and receiving insecurities. And so that's a big thing that that we struggle with in, in our marriage is pride. Both of us do. And, um, it, just recognizing like, Oh, this reaction is straight prideful and I need to take a step back. I need to calm myself, collect myself. I am not responding to Michael the way that I should. And, um, the better that we are able to see those like either triggers or warning signs or, you know, emotional uprising and saying, Oh, I, this feels familiar. This is a, this is a very common trigger for me for my pride to kick in and to take over and that type of thing. When we can, uh, we're not a hundred percent at it. You know, we're constantly working on it day and day in and day out. But when you can have the wherewithal to be like, okay, that is a trigger that instantly gets my pride through the roof. And so I need to calm myself before I react because my initial reaction will be prideful and it will be hurtful. Um, or my emotions are in a state where I am not in a place where I can have a conversation with somebody, you know, just really paying attention to, I'm being really prideful right now. What emotions am I feeling? What was the trigger that happened? What kind of thing are we talking about? Taking an inventory like that really helps uh, conversations, difficult conversations, go much better. And so that's a part of maturing, emotional maturity, conflict maturity, just growing in that aspect is just taking in your surroundings as opposed to just being like, well, this is how I feel. You know, this, that's a very, that is a very immature <laughs> stance to take, uh, when you're having a, a difficult conversation, um, d- and difficult can also be good. You know, sharing an insecurity is a difficult conversation, but that doesn't mean that the difficult conversation is bad. It's just, it's hard for you to talk about. Absolutely. It's, it's really easy to just skirt the surface things like, uh, you know, how was your day? It was good. Okay, cool. Talk to you next time. Like, <laughs> it's just not going to get you anywhere in the long run. You got to really dig in. And some of those difficult conversations um, where you're sharing some deep stuff are amazing. And that's that's how you can grow closer, know what each other is struggling with, and really care for one another on a much deeper level. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree, which then leads us into, okay, you're, you've, we've said why you should share your insecurities and when you should share them sooner rather than later. And so you, you might be thinking, cause I am a practical person. I'm like, well, just tell me what to do. Like, give me an example. I want like the steps, ABC, one, one, two, three, how should you share your insecurities? And, um, I would, I would say definitely as the person sh- who has shared insecurities with confidence, because that is something that you need to do. You, I need to share those insecurities with Michael, but also with grace, those insecurities, um, are not 
caused by Michael. He didn't, he did not give me the eating disorder. He wasn't even in my life when the eating disorder started. Um, and so it just spiraled into a lot of other things and made its way into our marriage and affected areas within our marriage. So I needed to have confidence and grace when I present them because I'd never want for me sharing an insecurity to ever be inadvertently blaming him that the security insecurity happened. And so sharing it with a much softer presence, still with confidence, but a much softer presence, um, I think allows the person receiving the information to have their guard down so that they can receive the information in, in an appropriate way. But if I come at him and I'm like, well, I, we just can't be intimate because of this da, 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 And I lay it all out there and he's like, Whoa, that was a lot to take in. I need to process. Mm-hmm. Michael's a processor. <laughs> He'll just sit there and be like, deer in headlights. What just happened? Yeah. The other night we had a conversation that was kind of difficult and I feel like I sat there silently for 90% of that, just processing everything that was going on in my head. Which drives me nuts. But I understand that's the way you are. It just drives me nuts. Yeah. And I just (laughs) felt like it's, it's probably frustrating to sit there for long spans of time waiting (laughs) But I always say, hey, it's better than better that yeah. than for me to like just speak out of anger quickly yes. and like not gather things. And so I don't want to do that. For sure. I would much rather you be quiet than to say something that's hurtful because we have yeah, had those conversations. Can't undo that. <laughs> yeah. We've had those conversations. And so like literally you've done a 180 when you're like, This is this sucks to hear. And you're like, instead of coming at me with something hurtful in return, you're like, I'm going to be quiet and I'm going to process. Like that's a lot of self-control. Yeah. What I, what I try to do when I do that is, you know how, if you have a hard conversation over text, you can kind of like type stuff out, try it on for size, delete it, <laughs> edit it and all that. I'm just doing that mentally. Like backstage, backstage. Right, angry thing. <laughs> no, that's too angry. Back it off. No, that's too soft. Ah, right in the middle. Yeah thoughtful it's like tom hanks and you've got mail where he starts his reply like i was in an avalanche and and we couldn't get service and had no cell phones it's like backspace 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 it's like your brain's doing that yeah it's not it's not a natural thing you got to work on it a lot and uh it's it's like uh uh conversational chaos inside my head but eventually just trying to make sure you're Saying something that's not hurtful, you don't want to say anything you can't unsay, mm. or especially something that lingers forever, because mm-hmm. that happens. You know, I know people who remember something somebody said when they were like 21 and they're in their 60s now, mm. and it still bugs them. Yeah. So just be careful with that stuff. Well, and that goes back to the maturity, the emotional maturity, the difficult conversation maturity. If you're looking for those those triggers and those like, oh, my blood is boiling, which means the next thing out of my mouth is not going to be helpful or productive or kind, then I need to just be quiet and like allow the conversation to just sit in my head for a minute and to really kind of calm yourself. And so 
that's that's what I'm talking about as far as um, the difficult conversation and maturity and the emotional maturity is recognizing those emotions that you're going through because it's even for me who's hyper aware of the emotions that I'm feeling, I still have to sit there and take account and be like, what am I feeling? Okay. That's a very broad emotion. Let's narrow it down, narrow it down, narrow it down and get more specific because then you can actually think about like, like this specific emotion makes sense because here's the definition of it. And that's an appropriate reaction for whatever it is that's happening. And I know in previous episodes, I've talked about the emotions wheel and it is the best thing to, to enter my life in the last year. Like somebody told me about it and I'm like, this is genius because it starts broad and then it goes to a little bit more specific and then more specific and more specific. And you are really able to develop that emotional maturity when you put in that work and we'll link, we'll like put up a picture or something in the show notes, but Note to myself, I got to actually do that. <laughs> but it's so That's, good and so What's helpful. funny is there's words at the very outside of that wheel. It's like, I've never heard of this emotion. New vocab word. Yeah. Well, and that's the great thing about like pinpointing that and then actually like looking it up like, okay, I've never heard of that word or I don't really know if that one applies, but let me look it up because then once you look up the definition, you can be like, oh, okay, that, yeah, that doesn't apply here. Or you're like, dang, you couldn't have hit the nail any closer. Like that is it. And then you can actually reconcile it because now you know what it is. If you're just, if you're just like sad and you sit and you sit in sadness and you don't actually get more specific about that, you know, how are you going to reconcile such a big, broad emotion if you can't get specific? Yeah. Yeah. You got to kind of know like, I'm angry. Uh, <laughs> there's more to it than that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a reason. There's a degree. It's, yeah. It gets deeper. So For that, sure. that wheel was interesting. I've never seen that before, like, what, six months ago? Yeah. It's so good. Isn't it the best? I will say that was the last time I've seen it was <laughs> when I first saw it. <laughs> okay. So well, I don't know where we're keeping that. We should bring we, it back. We out. need to print, print it out and laminate it, put it on the fridge yep. or something. I'll put it in my wallet and I can have a little business card size one. There you go. I need to. Tell us microscope to see the <laughs> small ones. Yeah. So, you know, when I say I need to share my insecurities with Michael with confidence and grace, um, I'm not going to make excuses for my insecurity, um, but present it in a, in a graceful way. And I will say Michael is very kind and receptive to hearing things like that. Like it genuinely hurts his heart when he hears an insecurity that I have. And I know that that is not the relationship that everybody has with their spouse. So my disclaimer would be if, if you have either tried to share insecurities and it has not been received well, um, before you share anything, pray, like cover it in prayer. But also I would ask your spouse to accompany you in therapy. We are pro therapy. We are very, very much for it. We've been to it. We think you should go <laughs> whether you have an issue or not, but in specifically with sharing insecurities, that person who has like no emotional investment with the two of you is able to clearly see what's happening and to offer wisdom 
um, because they're not clouded by emotions. They're able to see the situation for what it is and to be able to offer up their expertise and, and their, their therapists and counselors are, are, are they there for a reason? They are a blessing. And so that would be our encouragement is to have that mediator there who can, who can allow, if you're the one with the insecurity, who can present you with the stage to share it and then also help guide the conversation for the other person to receive it well. Yeah. A counselor in our experience can be basically like a walking, talking emotion wheel. Basically like you can share something and then they'll help you dive into it and be like, what's the origin of that thought? What's your fear of like, sometimes a lot of times based on fear about certain things Yeah, and they'll just kind of help you like cut it open and apart and like where are the layers coming from Mm. for this? Yeah, for sure. So we definitely... Definitely recommend um, going to see a counselor because they're just so, so helpful and they're there for a reason and the stigma around them just shouldn't be. There is absolutely no shame in going to therapy. We all need it. (laughs) We all need it. So whether you're getting it from the Bible, (laughs) that's therapy there, or you are also getting it from another person, um, it's very, very good. Yeah. So to summarize everything so far, um, why you should share your insecurities is so you can be fully seen by your spouse and it brings intimacy and richness. When should you share your insecurities? That's like a tongue twister, by the way. (laughs) Uh, Obviously sooner rather than later. And then always share it with confidence and grace. Yeah. Yeah. And if, if your spouse has the courage to share something intimate and something they're like fearful of understand that that probably took quite a process to get there. And that wasn't just something decided, decided like five minutes ago and just be respectful of that so that you can have further conversations and help each other um, to just kind of thrive. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it would be also helpful to hear, like, if you've never shared an insecurity, you're like, well, how do I like start that sentence? Because that can be really difficult. So when I present, if I'm going to present to Michael, my insecurity about my eating disorder and my body image issues, I would, I would obviously make sure that the kids are down. I would not do it while the kids are running around and things are crazy. Um, but it would be later in the evening when it's just our time. And I would, I would, say, Hey, I really need to talk to you. Nothing that you did. So I don't want you to worry about that. Um, but this is something that has been a struggle for me. And, um, I just feel like it's really impacted the way that I've been functioning in our marriage. And I just think that talking with you about it would really help us grow closer, help us, um, walk through it together be partners at, at tackling this insecurity. And so now I've presented a stage for, I'm going to present you with some information that's difficult for me. So please be kind. Like the subliminal message is please be kind, um, with what I'm about to share. And I would like to be partners with you in dealing with this insecurity. So like we're working together as a team. My goal is for marriage strengthening and not marriage division. And so that's 
how I would, I personally would present an insecurity. Yeah, that's good. Good blueprint. All right. As always, we got the challenge for you. So in the next seven days, reflect on any insecurities you may have and share one as long as you have a safe environment yeah. with your spouse. Yeah. And remember, if you don't have a safe environment, you should because it's a marriage and you're That's our gonna, hope. Yeah. You're, you, you really want that. So you may need a third party if you don't feel that way. So um, reach out to a pastor or a friend and, and ask around. Or Google search for yeah. marital counselors in the area. For sure. For sure. We want you to have that safe environment and hopefully you already have it. But if you don't, please seek a counselor. Yeah. So with that, we uh, really appreciate your time, guys, and your patience. And um, really just kind of think upon this stuff and listen again if you feel like you didn't quite get it. Because uh, there's a lot to unpack in this kind of episode. Yeah. So and we're always here. You can email us. <laughs> yeah. We love it. Thanks for listening, guys.